0: Sonny Dykes had his press conference earlier this week. He talked about a lot of things, but one thing that he updated was the health of his football team. He had an update on Chandler Morris, and I'll tell you why I think, based on his comments, Thursday's night's game against Texas Tech is very important for Josh Hoover. We'll discuss that and more next. It's Locked On Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right. Locked on Hornfrog's Your Team every day. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also find us wherever it is you get your podcast in audio form. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is. I hope you and your family had a happy Halloween, enjoyed some time, uh, maybe trick-or-treating with the kids. Got out in the cold with my family, and, uh, yeah, it turned out really well, which was um, which was good to see. So hope you guys enjoyed the holiday as well. It is November 1st, and if you didn't realize this or if you forgot, TCU Texas Tech on Thursday night. So you're listening, this, watching this most likely on Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow TCU will take the field again after that bye week, trying to get to 5-4 and in the season and beat Texas Tech for a fifth straight time. Uh, and Josh Hoover is going to start this game, but Sonny Dykes had his press conference. Earlier this week, and he talked about a lot of different things. But one thing that I found interesting, at, at some point, uh, someone asked him about the health of the team, and he said, "One, he thinks Johnny Hodges is, is hopefully going to be back this week, which I think is significant. I know a lot of people have sort of moved on to Shad Banks being the full-time starter, and I'm fine with that. I think Shad's done a good job. I do feel like there is value though in having Johnny available and in being and him being involved. Excuse me, in this defense." For the final four games of the season. He also said that Chandler Morris is ahead of schedule. Now, when he initially gave a timeline, <clears throat> he said it was week to week, but they expected him to be out for about a month. Which I said after he you know brought that information to the public that if it was exactly like if it was exactly a month on the front end of that timeline, we'd be talking about him being healthy a few days before the Texas game. And I I wouldn't think they would throw him immediately in there against the Longhorns to play if he was cleared sort of in the middle of the week, but he would potentially be available. And then you have two more games against Baylor and uh, Oklahoma on the road to close out your season. And so my general thought when I heard the timeline was, well, I think it would just make sense to allow Josh Hoover to play the rest of the year. And then that was really affirmed in my mind when he played so well against BYU. I thought, honestly, kind of regardless of what happened, allow Josh to play this out, see where you are with him. And it was a good opportunity for him to move forward and and just see what he could do. Uh, I don't like the the K-State game muddied everything. And, And now I don't have a great answer. And I'd love to hear your opinions on this. In the YouTube comments, you can tweet at me at like Steven at locked on TCU on Twitter as well. What do you think they do if, if suddenly, I still think the most likely scenario—I—I I, I doubt that he would be ready for the Texas game, even though Sunny studies ahead of schedule. I mean, just unless he is good to go this coming Sunday, I feel like they're going to want to give him a good amount of practice reps before, um, before he gets back into game action. So, do you transition back to Chandler? Do you allow Josh to let this play out? Um, do you run a two quarterback system? But back to my kind of original point, I still think the most likely scenario is he is potentially ready for the Baylor game. And I believe part of it is you got to assess what your record is at that time and where you're at. Are you five and five? And if you can beat Baylor at home, you make, you make a bowl game. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot of different variables. But while I don't – I mean, and I'm not – people have accused me in the past of making excuses for quarterback play. That's not my intention here. However, I really think it's hard to judge much of anything in in what Josh did in that K-State game just because the, the game from start to finish was so ugly. <clears throat> he obviously didn't play well. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm Sorry. And the offensive line was uh, really bad. They couldn't protect him. I mean, it never felt like they got into their offense, whatever that is, because one of the big problems that we talked about all year long was that they didn't seem to have a clear identity. It felt like maybe they discovered something going back to more of a pure air raid situation with how they threw the ball all over the place against BYU and kind of supplemented their running game with the short and intermediate passing game. But they couldn't do anything like that against Kansas State because they couldn't protect him. And they got behind early, and, and they never found any sort of rhythm. But the bottom line is, even though there were a lot of challenges, and I'm not going to put that fully on him, they scored three points. Three points. Can't do that. They didn't find the end zone. They didn't even get, like, a, a sad touchdown at the end of the football game where the defense is like, all right, you know, we got, we got a bunch of our twos in here. We're playing prevent. We're just trying to keep everything in front of us. We're trying to run off the clock. They couldn't even score then. Three points. So that's not good. And Chandler was very up and down, and in the last two games before he, he went down with a knee injury, he didn't look great. And so I, I don't know how they approach this. I still think that it's important for them to make the postseason, and you ha- the coaching staff has to assess and be like, okay, who gives us the best chance to win? But at the same time, I, I feel like it would be really odd and kind of a disservice to the team – To run, you know, a two quarterback system late in the season like this, and I think you also have to really think about what does this mean for next year. Because right now, I I feel like they can't be happy or comfortable with the quarterback room. And I mean, Chandler Morris, I assume he'll be back. I don't know unless the writing's kind of on the wall for him, or him and the coaching staff have a conversation right after the season. About his future, and the only option I feel like he has is to go in the transfer portal. He's, you know, he's not going to be pursuing the NFL at this point. Hoover will be going into year three. He's he's going to get some game experience, or at least going to have some film on him and the ability to see. Okay, here's some of the things he does well. Here's some of the things we have to work on going into next year. Um, but he's still developing and learning, and has only has two starts under his belt. You got Haas Haney coming in who I think everybody loves and is a fantastic dual threat quarterback at Alito, but I can't imagine the plan is for him to start as a true freshman. If you're doing that, then you're sort of, you know, conceding another difficult year in 2024. And so do they look in the portal? They did that last season. They didn't have success. They struck out with a lot of guys that they pursued. I just feel like, your biggest priority other than winning games over the next four weeks is you got to find out who the guy is. And if it comes down to it and you look at it and you say, well, maybe neither of these guys are it, then you have to be aggressive. And, like, priority number one in the offseason, go get somebody. And don't just go get somebody who is going to compete. Like, go find someone that can take the reins of this team and, you know, move it forward. But I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this because, I, I mean, I, I think maybe a lot of people are just sort of checked out and it's like, whatever, I texted I texted Matt Jennings about this when I, when I heard Sonny say this. And he said he was like, well, does it matter with this O-line who starts? And I get his point. But I still feel like, even with all the challenges on the offense right now, you need to figure out if you have someone on campus right now who can do the job, who can, who can get it done, who can win games. And, and what are they good at? Like find what Josh Hoover's comfortable with. Or if you're going to bring Chandler back because he ends up being healthy, then get a good sense of what he does well and try to tailor your offense to that. Start forming an identity. You haven't done it yet figure it out. Like start taking the steps so that foundationally next season, you have a good sense and a read of like, okay, this is what we want to do. We know what this guy does well. And, and we're going to, you know, run these concepts. We're going to rep these concepts until we have them down so well that we can't screw them up. But I feel like this is really important, uh, it's an important start for Josh Hoover. It's okay. You're getting another chance here. You don't know how many more you're going to have. Just show this coaching staff what you can do. On the road, tough environment, a lot at stake. Can you play well? Can you continue to earn the opportunity to start under center for the Horn Frogs and, and just keep it moving, keep it, keep it going in the right direction? And if you can do that, then I think you give them the rest of the season to let this play out. And, and you see what he can do. And you try to get a read on, okay, we had we have six games now of Chandler Moore's tape. We have five or six games of Josh Hoover tape. Hopefully you get a bowl game and you can work with these guys more in practice. But you have a, a much more concrete picture of, all right, these are the strengths and weaknesses of our QBs. This is what we want to do as an offense. Or you say to yourself, we don't have the guy and we got to go get him. But if you're going to do that, then you have to before that, before that start, before that process starts, you have to formulate a plan of this is what we want to do, this is what we want to be on this side of the football. And if it means you're going to be a, a team that runs the ball and tries to just physically impose people, then you have to get better up front. So we'll see what happens when he takes on the Red Raiders on Thursday night. When we come back, it's time for our weekly look at the Big 12. Kansas beats Oklahoma. Nobody is undefeated in this league. And suddenly we have a, a log jam at the uh, at the top of the standings. Who is going to emerge and make it to Arlington? We'll talk about that next. It's Lockdown Horn Frogs, your team every day. FanDuel. I talk about them frequently. They're one of our fantastic sponsors here on uh, the Lockdown Network. FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Go there today. Get in on their uh, great deal, $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 of free bonus bets if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. If you've been wondering, you know, I hear about sports wagering all the time. I know about sports. How do I do this? Dip your toe in the water with FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, they also have a great app that is secure and easy to use. Put down a $5 money line bet and make up to $150 in bonus bets if your teams win. If your team wins, excuse me. Uh, you can bet on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, they're an official partner of the National Football League. Time for our Big 12 Whip Around segment every week. We discuss what happened around the conference. And we suddenly have a log jam at the top. TCU had the bye week, of course, so they didn't play. At the top of the Big 12 standings, Oklahoma sits at 4-1, and one, but they have now lost a game. They lost to Kansas over the weekend. Oklahoma State also at 4-1 and one and 6-2 and two overall. Iowa State, Texas, and Kansas State, all those teams are 4-1. and one. A lot of them are going to cross over and play each other in the coming weeks. There's still a lot of different scenarios that could play out for Arlington. As much as it has felt like, and to a certain extent it's true, that Texas and Oklahoma have just completely dominated the season, other teams are going to have a chance here to topple those uh, big brands and hopefully at least knock one of them out of the Big 12 championship race and don't allow a Texas OU matchup in uh, Jerry World. But the big game of the week, Kansas beats Oklahoma 38-33. Jason Bean, backup quarterback, who was stepped in in the absence of Jalen Daniels, who continues to deal with that uh, nagging back injury that's kept him out pretty much the entire season. He threw two interceptions, but he was 15 of 32 for 218 yards. Threw the ball around, uh, got got done with his legs at times as well. Uh, four carries for 62 yards. Devin Neal, the running back, 25 carries for 112 yards, and the Jayhawks wins. Lance Leipold is a great coach. He's found a way to get this team playing well, even without their star player. He's got a great offense system, you know, that allows them to sort of be multiple and do things even with different quarterbacks in there. In Oklahoma, man, it's, it's kind of shocking. You know, they had the bye week after the Red River rivalry. They win that huge game. They have to fight, scratch, and claw to get a, a close victory against UCF. And they go on to lose to the Jayhawks. Don't know if they're just fading down the stretch or it's kind of a rough rough patch for them. But it feels like the two things are happening. People have figured out their defense to a certain extent. Folks are scoring on them more now than they were early in the season. And, uh, you know, Dylan Gabriel's been good. I think he's been solid. But pretty pedestrian stat line, 14 and 19, 171 yards, one pick. They ran the ball like crazy, though, too. Wee Walker, 146 yards on the ground. Dylan Gabriel, 64 yards on the ground. Oklahoma found out that they could run on this Kansas defense, and they tried to do that early and often. But in the end, Jayhawks hold on. They win 38-33, and uh, they move to 6-2 and two on the season. Lance Leipold's team bowl eligible for the second straight year. That doesn't happen a lot around Lawrence, at least during football season. Uh, Texas, they take care of BYU 35-6. to um, Really businesslike effort. Uh, Quinn Ewers out with the injury, Malik Murphy, 16-25, 170 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Jonathan Brooks, who's been the centerpiece of that offense, 16 carries for 98 yards. Um, that Texas defense is really good. They played a great game against uh, that BYU offense, held them down, didn't allow them to really get anything going um, on that side of the football. And so the Horns are now 7-1. and one. They survived that crazy game against – uh Houston a week ago, and yeah, they're just continuing to get done. Steve Sarkeesian's team four and one in conference play. Um, they harassed Keaton Slovis all day long. Picked off two passes. Only gave up ninety five yards rushing. Uh, they're good. They're physical, and that's gonna be a tough that's gonna be a tough matchup for the frogs next week because it feels like they do a lot of things that TCU doesn't um, excel at. And, and the biggest one being that they're just a physical football team um, that grinds people up up front and, and makes it easy on their skill guys to make plays. So they roll even without Quinn Ewers as their starting quarterback. Kansas State, 41 to nothing over Houston. Wildcats are rolling now ever since they uh, planted Avery Johnson lineup. Really it really was more Will Howard on Saturday, 15 to 17, 164 yards, two touchdowns. DJ Giddings had 96 yards on the ground. Um, they're just getting whatever they want right now. Two very impressive efforts by uh, Chris Kleiman's team. And suddenly, Kansas State team that lost on the road to Oklahoma State a few weeks ago and it looked like, all right, they might be, uh, might be kind of dead in the water here. No, they've gotten up off the mat, and they're playing super well. They have a matchup against Texas. Um, when is that game? I need to look that up uh, soon. That will be huge in deciding, you know, how the Big 12 championship game ends up. Um, that's this Saturday, 11 a.m. in Austin. So that'll be a fun one. But Kansas State playing their best football of the season, rolling into that matchup against the Horns this week in a shutout of the Houston Cougars last week. Uh, West Virginia they take down UCF 41 28. Mountaineers bounce back. After two straight losses, CJ Donaldson, seventeen carries for 121 yards and a touchdown. Garrett Green, um, I might have you know when when I was preparing for that West Virginia TCU week, I didn't have a, a ton of respect for Garrett Green, but he's been really solid um, the last few weeks and led his team to victory again on Saturday. Uh, rough year for the Knights, as it has been for a lot of the newcomers. They are now three and five and zero and five. In conference play, um, Iowa State over Baylor 30 to 18. Man, Dave Aranda's team continues to look lost. This was at home in Waco. Um, Rocco Beck, really efficient day 19 to 31, 238 yards and a touchdown. Iowa State's defense, though, was the story again. They hold the team under 20 points and they do a great job against. This uh, this Baylor offense. I, I saw the stat this week. Baylor's lost seven straight home games at McLean Stadium. Crazy stuff. Dave Randa's squad uh, struggling mightily at the moment. And then Oklahoma State, 45 to 13 over Cincinnati. Bearcats are now 0 and 5 in Big 12 play. And if you haven't heard, Ollie Gordon, Oklahoma State running back, he is having uh, a whale of a season 271 yards on 25 carries on Saturday, two touchdowns, averaged about 10 yards of carry. Uh, he's been the difference for them. I mean, Mike Gundy, he's kind of found a way to, to turn this season around when they were having a rough year. Um, and their identity is very much in running the football, getting it done, and playing good defense. And they've excelled at that lately. Uh, last bedlam ever this week, no idea. Well, I mean, they say that there's no plans for these two schools to play anytime soon. Last Bedlam for at least a very long time. Have no idea why, uh, one, this game's not the end of the season. Also, 230 kick in Stillwater instead of seven doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I'll tell you what, that environment is going to be insane. I work with a couple of Oklahoma State grads, and, you know, their motto is loyal and true. They take it to another level. They hate Oklahoma. That's been a very lopsided rivalry that Oklahoma's owned for a long, long time. But um, that's going to be a tough, tough place to win for Oklahoma because you talk about a crowd that's going to be juiced up and geared up to go, uh, that Oklahoma State team is going to be ready to play the Sooners. And I'm excited to see what Ollie Gordon and company do against that Oklahoma defense this week. So that's your Big 12 whipper And when we come back, uh, TCU basketball, they had a scrimmage um, earlier this week, and so we'll talk about that and what stood out from that game. That's all coming up next here on Locked on Frogs. All right, do you know what you need when your car breaks down or what parts you need to make sure that your vehicle continues to run uh, smoothly and as it should? Passion, drive, p- and patience. That's what bring home brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle. And you can level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof rack, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Over 122 million parts are available. So you'll find the right fit, and you'll always know exactly what you're looking for. Uh, and with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. And that's huge because if you're someone who is not super familiar with vehicles and what you need and what you know what the process is, that Guaranteed Fit tool is essential to make sure you have the right parts, because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. All the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items, only exclusions do apply. eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Thank you to eBay Motors. So TCU had a scrimmage, open scrimmage against Texas Wesleyan. D3 school right down the street there in Fort Worth. Um, they won the game pretty comfortably. It was a little back and forth. Not back and forth in the sense that, uh, like, Wesleyan never had a lead for a significant amount of time. But just, you know, they kind of kept coming back and, and making it a ball game in the first half. But Frogs pulled away in the second half and ended up winning 98-61. Um, a lot of these stats and reports come from Jamie Plunkett from 247 Sports Horn Frog Blitz. is the website. Emmanuel Miller, 24 points. 11 of 12 shooting from the floor. Also had five assists, two rebounds, two steals, and a block shot. Stuffed the stat sheet. I love Emmanuel Miller, man. He's been so good for TC the last few years. Not a super flashy player, but just gets it done. You know, has a nice little mid-range jumper, can score in the post, does a lot of the dirty work, gets rebounds. He's just somebody that is always giving them quality minutes. Really excited to see what he can do this year and, you know, a place where he's expected to kind of be the guy and, and be one of those dudes that's leading the team from a scoring perspective, uh, I think he's going to have a breakout season. And so he was fantastic. Jacoby Coles uh, had a few rebounds and also had some points. I think he's going to have a big year. Micah Peavy had 13 points in 16 minutes and was three of three from three-point range. And watch out for that. I said this earlier. If Micah Peavy can suddenly be a guy that develops – you know a, a knockdown jump shot especially from 3 and then we're talking about a real deal player and he already was that he's great on defense you know he does a lot of the uh little things that you need he seems like he always wins the built the big tough frog award which is an award that they give out to the player each week that sort of does all the all the little intangible things that you have to have to win basketball games uh you know guarding rebounding taking charges all those things Peavy does that. But if he suddenly also becomes a threat to score, then there's a lot of flexibility with these lineups because then you don't feel like you're playing like four on five when you're on that end of the floor, and you can maximize what he does defensively while also getting some scoring pop. So huge development if he can consistently knock down threes, especially um, during the season. Uh, Jameer Nelson Jr. and Ernest Udea had nice days. Uh, Nelson's going to be the guy that carries – you know, the scoring load here. And I'll say, like, I have been a little more tempered in my expectations for him just because I think it's going to be a tough transition coming from Delaware to TCU and being asked to immediately kind of be the guy that leads this offense. But the reports from everybody who covers the team closely are really glowing and that he's, you know, he's got it. He can score. He can get to the rack. He can shoot. He can do everything. And so hopefully he ends up being that guy um, that can take on the challenge this season. I know he hooked up with Uday Uday a couple times, you know, lobbing him the basketball near the hoop and letting him slam it down. Um, So that's going to be a fun connection to watch this year. Frogs get the win over Texas Wesleyan. They do what they're supposed to do in that scrimmage. Uh, Exciting year coming, I think, for TC basketball. We'll keep an eye on that as the season continues to unfold and as we get closer uh, to basketball season. Both the men and the women have exciting uh, teams this year, it seems like, which is really good. For uh, for this podcast, obviously, just for TCU fans in general, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll continue to preview this tech matchup. It's locked on Horn Frogs, your team, every day.